How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. All right, a little after 6 o'clock, Susan and John will have Yankee game for you coming up at 6.30 this evening. Brought to you, as always, by Casamigos Tequila. Brought to you by those who drink it on this 21st day of the month of uh, April. We're a couple days away from the NFL draft. We'll have draft shows for you. We'll have an hour show for you at 6 uh, to 7 on Thursday and Friday. They'll have draft shows on the fan following us um, both nights. I'll have uh, Scapioli with me both days. I'll also have some reporters checking in on both hours. So we'll have some preview stuff for you both days. And a guy who uh, was one of the top executives in the league for years. So he'll join us for both days. We have that locked up. So he'll give you some thoughts. Now, you know, I probably have spent on this show more time than most people have on their shows talking about Tua because he's been a favorite of mine going back a long time. Um, I have always spoken about him in, in raves as far as his physical ability. I don't think anybody disputes how, you know, how good he is. I mean, look at the numbers and what he accomplished at Alabama. There's no question he is an injury risk. I don't think anybody doubts that. Now, what happens is you get this game before the draft. Everybody plays it. They play it for the, to the positive. They play it to the negative. You've seen the reports coming out in the last 24 hours to 48 hours that, A, that he is off multiple teams' boards. Would that be a shocker? Would it be a shocker that a guy who has, is coming off a major hip injury is, has had major high ankle sprains that required surgery. One required surgery. I think they both did, but I could be wrong about both of them having surgery. I think they both had a procedure. I don't know if they would both be considered surgeries. I think this year was surgery. I don't know if last year was surgery. He had a broken finger. There is some disputing whether he actually fractured his wrist. That has been brought up in a couple of places. I don't know if that's accurate or not. We haven't seen that for confirmed yet. He has been given medical clearance by 
obviously the people close to him by the people who are talking for him in Alabama. Uh, obviously his agent is going to say all that and more. And you know that there's going to be people who want him to slide in the draft. There's going to be guys who want their quarterback to go ahead of him. Who That means a lot of money. Every time you, every time you pass a team, it costs you money in this thing. That's the way it works. There's a slotting process that goes on here. Every time you get past a certain spot, you cost you money. And a guy, now, quarterbacks are tricky. They aren't judged the same way, and they don't fall in the draft the same way. There are times when a player can be red flagged, like a Warren Sapp, and he'll fall like a stone. Thurman Thomas did. And if you notice, both those guys, it turned out, if somebody had selected them far earlier, they would have been very smart to do so. They both had wonderful careers. There's a guys, I'm sure, that we could come up with who slid, who didn't have great careers. I'm sure we can come up with more than a couple. But quarterbacks are tricky. Because unlike every other position, they are always in the eye of the beholder. So is there a team there that I'm sure has decided it's too risky to take to it? Yeah, I'm sure there is. Well, I would not have any problem with a team that came to that conclusion, especially in this year when you're not having the hands-on that you'd like to have with players. A lot of his stuff has been compared. You know, there were people who had Drew Brees off the board. And there were people who had Drew Brees as a guy who was going to be physically unable to play in this league. And we know that teams made judgments on that, and it cost them dearly. Well, guys who stayed away from him for a variety of reasons, including injuries, and it wound up costing them dearly. Will that be the case with Tua? We'll wait and see. That's what makes it interesting. There's no question... Here's a guy in the premier program in America has been incredibly productive. I mean, you're looking at his numbers. I mean, the guy put up, the guy came off the bench having never played and turned his team around and won a national championship game from out of nowhere. And then in his two years that he played, basically put up like 70 touchdowns and like five interceptions. And he won. And he put up incredible numbers. And in most of those games, he didn't even have to play the fourth quarter. He didn't have to keep chucking. He could have thrown another 30, 40 touchdown passes. In his games, he didn't have to do it anymore. You could say, oh, he's at Alabama. Yeah, but that also meant that he never had to go out there and throw six or seven touchdown passes, which he never did. He could have done that on a variety of occasions, but he didn't have to do that because his team wasn't giving up those kind of points. So he never had to go out there. He'd stop at three or four and be done for the day, but he didn't have to go out there and throw seven or eight, which he could have done very easily. So the stats could have been way more overwhelming than they even are. Then you had this league. I mean, it's almost been pile on two a week. You had this week, you had the Wonderlick, where they first said he got a 13, where it turned out to be erroneous. Then he got a 19, which isn't anything to write home about. 
Well, like I told you, there's been guys, I can tell you, that are in the Hall of Fame that have had wonder licks that are really rotten. Lower than that and are in the Hall of Fame. So does it, is it the end-all, be-all? It's not. Would you rather be higher? Hell, what test would you write on someone to take that you wouldn't want to be higher? So now the wonder lick. Now he's off boards. Now he's got injuries they're hiding. And he's got this. And he's got that. So does that allow teams that maybe didn't think they had a chance to get this guy now dream that they're going to walk out of here and then get in front of you on Thursday and say, I cannot believe that I got a guy that I thought was the best player in the country by 10 miles and I got him with the X pick. So you might hear somebody with a big smile on their face get up and tell you that on Thursday night. And whoever takes him, that's what they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you he was the best player in the country, which was not a stretch. He wasn't this year. Burrow was. But was he for the couple of years he played? Yeah, he was. And he's on the best team. So it creates a fascinating situation. And then you have the attraction tonight of Gronkowski and people are saying, oh, well, what has he got left? Well, we'll find out. Listen, it's a no-brainer. It just makes the team more attractive. If you're Tampa, you do it. If you're New England, you do it because, you know what, you weren't going to get anything for him anyway. He wasn't going to play for you. So if you're going to get a pick for it, take it. And if you're Tampa, you got nothing to lose. He's going to make your team more attractive. He's going to put more pizzazz into things. And who knows? Maybe he and Tom have a little magic left. They've sure had plenty of magic in their lives. They've made plenty of beautiful music together on the, court, on, on the field. That we know. So if they have a couple more songs to play between the two of them, a couple more duets to, to play or to sing, God bless them. The fact that Gronkowski comes back makes the league a little more attractive. The fact that he comes back and plays with Tom in Tampa makes it even more attractive than that. That's a good thing for everybody. And obviously, between now and Thursday night, there's going to be a whole lot more going on about a quarterback who there's been a whole lot of talk about for a couple of years now. He's been the talk of the sport since the second half of that championship game. He'll be the talk of the sport for at least a couple more days back after this. John Major does a nice job, okay? He's a... Obviously a renowned presidential historian. I don't get how he's comparing the Cuban Missile Crisis to this. Now, I was a little boy during the Cuban Missile Crisis, okay? But it was over before it started. I mean, I remember they had us doing, in those days, just to show you how ridiculous it was, they would teach you in Catholic school how to basically hide under your desk now, 
if somebody dropped a nuclear weapon on us, what good was it going to do to hide under a desk that didn't even have enclosure to it? It was basically open on three time, three sides. It had a place where you stuck the books in. It was open and had some wrought iron in the middle, and then, you know, you, it was on legs. Going under that desk, how was that going to stop a weapon? Now, if you've seen 13 Days, which I'm sure you've seen, uh the movie and it's a somewhat fabricated look at the Cuban Missile Crisis because it's through the eyes of of one of JFK's aides who really wasn't part of the government he really was his JFK didn't have a chief of staff so he had a doorkeeper. He had someone who kind of handled, who said no and set up his schedule and just, he had two guys who were his buddies. And JFK liked to do things where he had a lot of people do a lot of different things. He liked to be the center of this, or as he liked to say, he was kind of the center of the wheel. But he liked to hear from a whole bunch of different people. Well, the Cuban Missile Crisis is, if you watch that movie with Kevin Costa playing the Kenny O'Donnell role, he is basically, along with Powers, the two guys from Boston who were part of the JFK team who go back with him from the days where he started in politics as a, as a, as a congressman, then a senator, and then obviously running for president. And winning the presidency. That's, that was his, his role. World war hero. Run for Congress. Win. Not knowing anything about politics. Run for senator. Be the popular senator. Be a senator for eight years. And then run for president and win in 60. But... They made him have a very, the way it was with Costner's project and Costner's the star, they made him a very big part of it, a bigger part of it than he really was. So that was the, that was the look at it. But that was a tense two weeks of which the country wasn't even aware of the first seven or eight days of it. They kept it quiet. They can't, until he met the nation and had decided on blockade and met the nation and told them, here's what we're doing. And then we waited for the confrontation uh, on the high seas. No one knew what was going on. So they kind of hid that as they kind of fought it out behind the scenes. Because you got to remember, when JFK jumped into the, into the presidency, he got talked into a Cuba action that didn't go well, known as the Bay of Pigs. And he then didn't trust his advisors after that, his military advisors, because they let him down the... They told him they were ready and they weren't ready. They told him a lot of things were ready that weren't ready. They even got the time wrong. They actually had the time wrong, the time zones wrong, so the air cover missed by an hour, just to give you an idea. So it was a mess. So he was a little leery of those guys after that. 
So there was a tenseness there. But my point is the country knew about that for a couple of days and then it was over. They got exposed. They met, went before the UN, exposed them, Russia backed down, away we go. Okay. Yes, we were at the brink of maybe, and I was in second grade, so I didn't realize how scary it was. I do remember my parents, my mother, and my father was gone already, but I do remember my, my f- mother being worried and the TVs being on and everyone watching what was unfolding. I do remember that. I don't remember it being anywhere near as ominous as what came right after that, which was when Kennedy was assassinated. That was a very weird four days for the country and all the way to that whole Christmas. You know, people weren't putting up Christmas lights and everyone was very sad about the whole thing. And, you know, that that I remember is it unfolded over a whole weekend from Friday afternoon right through that Monday and what went on and everything. That had a far greater impact than the missile crisis did. 9-11 was 10 days and then we came back. That Piazza game was 10 days, was 921. That was 10 days later. And then we were unified. We were incredibly unified. Right now, we're not unified in any way. We continue to fight like crazy. We continue to either be blindly behind the president or blindly attacking the president. There's no, one, there's no middle ground, very little middle ground. And obviously, it's an election year. Everyone knows that. And we don't have any game plan here. We're dealing with an invisible enemy. No one, has a game, no one has a book for this. And there's an incredible amount of anxiety and an incredible amount of uncertainty. And we're asked to be inactive. We're asked to just sit back and not act. We're told not to act, to step back and let this happen. So it's a very different place right now. And what, what really makes it very tough is a month into this, we don't have a lot of answers. When you look every night for answers, we don't have any. They don't have any. They don't say, here's the plan, here's the date, here's what we're going to do, and then we'll be done with it. Well, it doesn't work that way. It might, we might have this, we might do this, we might do that. Then the state tell. if you watch the states, then you watch the governor, they'll tell you something completely different. Uh, they're not on the same page. If you he- see three doctors, they'll give you three different, three different interpretations of the same thing. And nobody has any answers. They tell you we might have to wait a year for a remedy. We don't know if the virus will get worse. We don't know if it will come back. We don't even know if you get it once, if you can get it again. We don't even know that yet. So what we have are a ton of questions and no answers. And that's what makes this so hard to deal with. 9-11, we came back. We, we, were, we were knocked for a loop. We were hurt. We were angry. We were stunned. Then we rallied. 
then we got behind each other and got behind our leaders, and then we came together as a country, and sports helped rally us in a big way. It's not there this time. It can't be there this time. There's no rallying point this time. There's no gathering this time. So we're waiting for somebody in a lab somewhere to wave a magic wand and come up with a way to make this whole thing disappear. So we're looking for some guy in a long coat to come up with an answer. Some guy who has spent his years in research and spent his years fighting these viruses and dealing with antibodies and dealing with all this different stuff. We're hoping that that person can come up with an answer for all of us. Because if he doesn't or she doesn't, I don't know where the answer's coming from right now. It's a completely different thing. So when we look at even... What happened in World War II or what happened in the Cuban Missile Crisis or what happened on 9-11, they're all so different than this. This is about inaction. This is about stepping back. And this is about anxiety and uncertainty and no answers. This is so much harder and so much more frustrating and so much more, so much more divisive just by its very nature. That's why any little bit we can do to unify any part of this or to get behind any part of it is really, really productive. You got Susan and John coming up. They got another Yankee. Wait, remember, one thing about these games, you will go away smiling. No losses. These teams and these games, they are undefeated. They don't lose. That's one thing you know about. You're going home happy. You know that going in. You're going home happy. So tonight they got another game for you. That's coming up. Remember, we'll have draft shows on Thursday night, 6 to 7. Friday night, 6 to 7. We will see you tomorrow. 5 o'clock, radio.com. 6 o'clock on the fan as we approach 6.30. Brought to you, as always, by the good folks at Casamigos Tequila. Brought to you by those who drink it. Uh, Big game coming up. So enjoy tonight's broadcast. With Susan and John, we'll see you tomorrow. Be safe. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 